You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, Adam Barnard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Uh, as of today, we're recording November 12th, 2022. It is 60 degrees out. I'm still wearing shorts and I am here for it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yay. Global warming. Um, <laughs> after we record the show, I'm going to go outside with some aerosol cans and, uh, so we can have a warm Christmas. Yep. And, I'm about uh, it. Say the statement. This is shoot. I, I love this weather. <laughs> yeah, dude. I can't get enough I'm of it. Selfish here. Yeah. Seriously, I'm sleeping with the window open. I got my doors open during the day and just fucking love it. Yep. I fucking love it, man. Now that I said that, I'm going to be the jinx. <laughs> I'm pulling and up the uh, weather right now as you're speaking because I want to see what, what the change is going to be over the next couple of days. It scared me for a little bit because I switched back. I, I went back to jeans for a second. And then it was like fucking hot as shit. I went, motherfucker, let me yeah. put my shorts back on. Switch back to shorts. And then it got a little bit cold. I was like, God damn it. And then uh, and, you know, I, I weathered the uh, the storm and it got warm again. And here we are. You'll be happy to know the weather. The temperature is going to drop to 48 degrees tomorrow. And it's going to be in the mid to low 40s for the rest of the month until the 26th. When it'll be 51 degrees again. So it'll be chilly. Night temperatures are going to be cold as shit, too. We're looking at, like, mid to low 20s. Crazy, yeah. dude. I'll be in bed. Yeah, I mean, I won't, it won't bother me any, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, dude, I uh, I love this weather. I went outside this morning. I had my jacket on. I was going to the gym, and I was like, what the fuck? I don't need this. 60 was, like, 60-something degrees at, like, 7 this morning. I'm like, what the fuck happened here? Dude, people are like, I ain't cold. I was like, motherfucker, this is what I set my air conditioner to. Yeah, right? Yeah, the, the, for me to be comfortable. I'm good. I'm good. I had my fan running next to me because, you know, it's I'm sweating my ass off. I just get, got back from the gym like a half an hour ago, but sweating my balls off and now it's like hot as shit in the house and I'm like, ugh, I don't want to fucking deal with this today, but good to see oh, you, man. Good to see oh, you. See, How, are see you How are things? How are things, brother? Things are good. I probably should have prepared for the show. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, things are good. We have some stuff you to know, talk about. Yeah. I, we recorded since the uh, Phil's lost the series, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Check okay. us out for the pod squad. By the way, everyone, sure. don't forget to go to patreon.com slash mind of the meaning. Sign up today. Become a part of the pod squad. 
and you get to see shit like this. Yeah. Finally got my Philadelphia Phillies League Champions World Series hat. And uh, it's a shame that they didn't win. It really is. We know we're still dealing with it here, but at least the Eagles are still 8-0. But uh, this will sit nicely on my shelf somewhere, and uh, hopefully we'll get another one next year. There's a lot of movement with them. A lot of stuff going on, man. A lot of, uh, new, a lot of hopefully good shit. People are uh, speculating that they might get Trey Turner. So we'll see. Hopefully he, uh, you know, the Trey Turner wants to work. <laughs> wants to work. He wants to play on the East Coast. Yep. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, his buddies with Bryce. So hopefully we can get a team-friendly deal so we can still get some pitching because that's what, you know, the Phillies really need. Yes, especially after watching the performance this past uh, playoff cycle in the World Series. They desperately need some uh, – additional pitchers but some extra arms yeah but yeah 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 yeah. and then uh yeah like i said i'm, I'm getting back into football it's weird it's like i'm now getting into football mode and the yeah. eagles are eight as of this recording knock on wood knock on my head um but yeah no complaints just uh you know just uh trying to get back into normal mode i was in such go mode the last you know since october you know with everything that there's something to watch every day and god knows i fucking drank <laughs> so i could probably uh dry out a little bit you yeah. know but uh no it's a good time how are, how are you sir i'm doing all right man i'm doing all right i hurt myself the uh earlier this week i uh i aggravated an old hip injury um so i've been taking it real light i had to call out of work two days earlier in the week and it was fucking brutal man i like I've been uh, training with my uh, my trainer Brad Feinberg, and uh, I was doing some front squats, and I came Feinberg. Feinberg. Yep, that's actually it's funny you said that because that's actually when I first met him. He was my roommate in college, and that's literally what I did to him. He was like, "What are you doing, Goldberg?" No, okay, never mind. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah so I was training. I was training with him, and uh, I went, you know, went down to do the squat. I came back up, and I turned to the right, and I felt it pull. I was like, "Oh, motherfucker." So I've been uh, I've been doing some additional upper body stuff instead of lower body, which, uh, you know, has definitely helped out. But um, yeah, it, I'm good, man. Other than that, you know, nothing crazy. Just getting through another week here. Um, you know, shit's good. I dude. hurt myself the other day. <laughs> Doesn't really, really roll off the tongue, you know, when Johnny Cash sang yeah. I hurt myself today. <laughs> it doesn't really flow as well as the uh, the original song. But. I hurt myself 20 years ago in ECW. <laughs> oh, my God. I know how bad this hurts, like, just on my hip here. I can't imagine you guys pulling muscles or tearing stuff and then having to wrestle again after this. Like, that, like well, physical activity is the last thing I want to do, man. In order for me to pull a muscle, I would need a muscle. Oh, I see. Uh, uh, Smart. So, yeah. so, so you did the Lawler like, effect. You never worked out a day in your life. Well, you know, like Tommy Dreamer says, uh, you know, you can't tear fat or whatever, you know. <laughs> fat is uh, cushions, muscles uh, tear or something. I don't know what Jesus. he says. Hey. Tommy Dreamer. Neither of us have had a wrestling-related surgery, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of rest, go ahead. Like I'll, eh, I like, I feel stuff when I sleep. I'll wake up and like my hip hurts, and mm-hmm. so I just roll over to the other hip, and uh, then that hurts for a little bit, and you know, to uncomfortably sleep. 
you know, and then I'll just walk down the hall and dose myself with some CBD and go back to sleep. There but, you go. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh there. no, that's okay. I'm just uh, I'm talking to the Pod Squad right now. Shout out to the Pod Squad here uh, joining yeah. us today. We got a lot of activity going on again. Don't forget Patreon.com slash Mind of the Meanie. And Meanie, you're talking about wrestling related injuries and surgeries. Uh, a gentleman that is not. Uh, has never not been afflicted by one of these things, and uh, we talk about him frequently, apparently, because he's always in the news. CM Punk showed up this week yeah. at a UFC fight to call commentary and uh, basically acknowledge the fight in the back room in his roundabout way. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about how do you feel about that, that acknowledgement, and what do you think is going to happen from there? Uh, I, don't, I think the, the clip I. He, the clip is they came on there and he goes, well, let's not try, let's try not to do that again. <laughs> like that. I'll say this punk looked really good. Yeah. He looked, he looked, uh, healthy. He looked happy. He is, uh, letting, letting his hair grow out. Uh, it was for uh CFFC, which is like an offshoot of UFC. It was on UFC's, uh, streaming service, but yeah, good for him. You know, uh, he's, uh, He's doing the thing he you know was doing before he went back to AEW, so he's calling uh, mixed martial arts and stuff like that. So, you know, good for him. Hopefully, he's happy. You know, you know, and uh, still, we don't know anything that's going on. AEW really hasn't said anything. Um, so, uh, who knows? I mean, nobody knows anything. But it was good to see him on the TV again. He, like I said, he looked healthy and happy, which is, you know, most importantly, you know, good, um, you know, mental health and physical health. So, uh, I don't know what the deal is with his tricep. So maybe he's not that, you know, maybe I shouldn't say he's healthy. Maybe he's still recovering from the tricep, but just going by appearances alone on the, uh, that, that broadcast, he, he looked good. Yep. I think, uh, I feel like AEW did kind of say something though, when they brought out Colt Cabana, was that a week ago, two weeks ago now? He's wrestling Jericho? Yeah. I felt like that was, uh, well, what do you think about that? Nobody's paying to listen to me. What do you think about Colt Cabana reappearing on AEW programming? No, it, I mean, I love Colt too. And it was good to see Colt out there. But, uh, you know, truth be told, they, they hadn't been using Colt all that much before Punk got there. Uh, you know, things, you know, I mean, he, he he's a wrestler who could probably stand on his own, but they put him with the Dark Order. Kind of got lost in a shuffle with that. Not this isn't disparaging. No, this isn't disparaging Colt, but like they really really weren't booking him much to begin with, you know. And uh, you know, before the whole CM Punk rumor, or before Punk even showed up, I couldn't tell you a Colt Cabana match before Punk showed up. So. There's that, so I'm I'm glad even even if it was a spite booking, despite Punk, uh, good for Cabana, you know, Cabana deserves to you know be in the spotlight with a, a Jericho, you know, he's been around for you know Colt's been around for a while, and he's a very talented, and uh, he, he he has been underutilized. I will say that, you know, Cole Cabana has been underutilized by, you know, AEW. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any, uh, any truth? Uh, I got to ask you because it's all over the internet. So I got to ask you because this is the mind of the meaning. Uh, do you believe that there's any truth behind the fact that this was, uh, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the term like a fuck you to CM Punk, 
But for the lack of a better term, do you think this was like sort of a, you know, up yours to CM Punk because of that? Or do you think it's just there's too much to it? Oh, even if they won't admit it, it felt it. It felt it, you know. Uh, but, you know, good. You know, it's just like, <laughs> uh, you know, somebody's like, oh, man. I've, I've, I don't even know what the reference this reference is, but I, it's a thought in my head, you know, from ages ago. So it was like, man, they, they exploit exploit these poor wrestlers. I was like, exploit. That's that's the whole point. Yeah, please exploit me. I want to be on TV. I want to be exploited. I want to be, you know, pro- used prominently on television. You know, yeah, Every poor wrestler. poor me. I got to be on fucking TV again. Yeah, every wrestler wants to be exploited. You know, Punk wants to be. I mean, uh, even if it's like a spite thing, I'm sure I know Cabana wants to be on TV and, and work in every week, you know? I mean, it's probably one of the most respected guys in the locker room there. Uh, when I was there and I was doing my deal as me and the crowbar with Janela, he came up with like one of the ideas for the match that made it a thousand times better. You know, um, initially when I, went, when I was doing the, uh, when I went to AEW to be with crowbar, He's wrestling Janela. There was talks of like me and Crowbar being, and this became like a running joke between me and Crowbar, preloaded, which means you're in the ring when the show comes back from air and they just give you a graphic like, now in the ring. And then, uh, you know, Cabana and even I, I think Paul, Ref Turner was like, yeah, you guys need an entrance. Uh, this makes no sense. And initially, I was supposed to go down the aisle with Crowbar. But then Colt Cabana came up with the great idea of them starting out the match. Janela goes to leave, and I come up the entranceway to make sure he doesn't leave, <laughs> which, which worked out way better and gave the crowd a couple different reactions because nobody was expecting Crowbar to be there. That happened. They go to leave. I come out. Nobody's expecting me to be there. And, you know, Crowbar's entrance and my entrance or my, you know, our appearances got like really good, really good pops. So do you know why they got really good pops? I'm going to tell you, going to tell you right now. Not sure if you know this, but everybody loves Meanie. That's why. That's why. Hashtag Meanie for the Hall of Fame at WrestleMania 40. Hashtag Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame goes extreme. But move over Ray Romano. That's right. Uh, that's right. God damn it. Everybody loves Meanie. It would be a great sitcom. I'm Ray Romano. <laughs> I could be Robert Barone. But what a great show. I love that fucking show, man. Uh, so Meanie, real fast before we keep going. I yes. just want to know if we can get a round of applause from everybody. Do you know why? You know why we're golf what? clapping right now? I'm so excited to announce that Manscaped launched their ultra premium collection. Believe it or not, it's for your not so private parts. Talking about a leveled up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you from head to toe. Literally, Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code MEANIE20. Now, MEANIE, we all know how essential the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is for that precise trim below the waist. Their advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts in your most delicate areas. And I'm telling you, MEANIE, 
There's nothing more that, that Courtney likes when she gets down there to see Little John on the East Side, boys. She likes to see some smooth, smooth skin, and I'm sure Manscaped's done the job for you as well. Manscaped is the perfect product. For, it's uh, perfect for the hygiene for your low gene. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, seriously, uh, top-notch quality products with, you know, the, the, the ball trimmer, the, the nose and ear hair trimmer, the the foot spray, the deodorant, everything that you know, Manscaped does is top-notch quality. I'm not sense, by the way. The uh, deodorant smells it smells great. The uh, man wipes smell phenomenal. Everything Manscaped does is top-notch, especially even the, the bag they give you to carry everything in. Uh, top-notch from uh, top to bottom. <laughs> top to bottom is right, but check this out, meaning we know how great the Lawnmower 4.0 is. Check out what's in this pack, the Ultra Premium Collection. It comes with a Manscaped Premium Deodorant. No, and it's not for your balls. It's for your stinky-ass armpits, because trust me, I'm in there doing my front squats, man, and Papa needs a brand new shower. So they keep that deodorant. It dries clear. It's aluminum-free, and it smells like their signature scent. The hydrating body moisturizer, if you have any tattoos or issues with dry skin, it's designed to keep your skin feeling fresh, clean, and smelling fresh as well. Uh, the body wash to lather you up has infused aloe vera and sea salt shower gel, uh, two-in-one Ooh. shampoo and conditioner to clean that scalp with one easy step, plus a free gift, a three-pack of lip balm that's made with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. I use it every single day. I have some here somewhere, probably in my suit pants where it belongs. That's four products plus a gift inside the Ultra Premium Collection. And I got to tell you, Minnie, that sounds like an incredible score, especially for the holidays coming up. Uh, what he, what's even better about this is that all of these products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, vegan-friendly, and dye-free. The best ingredients with zero compromise. Get that Ultra Premium Collection hot off the shelves right now. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code MEANIE20. At manscaped.com, that's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code MEANIE20 at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped and your balls. Well, thank you. And MEANIE, I want to say thank you to Manscaped for sponsoring the program today. Sponsor the program that sponsors Mind and Demeaning and helps you feel good, look confident, and uh, show the one you love that you uh, you love them a little bit more. No, I uh, I just I I guess I have my own interpretations about it, and we've talked about it with uh, with Punk and the Elite, and you know things of that yeah. nature, and and we've sort of exhausted it here on the program. But I don't know, man. I uh, I still don't see an upside to punk coming back and that's not a knock. That's not a shit talk. It's just like, why would he bother at this point in his career? You know what I mean? Like, and that's again, a statement, not a, well, why the fuck would he give her, you know, I'm not shitting on I'll, punk. I'll bring up this point. Maybe the whole non-compete was so he could go back to working MMA shows. Right. Where everybody's like, Oh, he's going to the WWE. Yeah. Maybe he just wants to call, MMA shows, maybe that's why that maybe that was the no compete thing, right? He was fighting again, get, get fighting to get and getting to do mixed martial arts again. So yeah, it's possible. Maybe, maybe that's the uh, whole part of the the buyout and settlement and all that good stuff. So who knows? Yep, I'll tell you what though, I'm still I'm still firmly in the camp of if Punk came back to WWE, big money. 
big money written all fucking over it, man. But also, also this uh, <clears throat> MMA thing with CFFC could just be like a red herring. Like a, I'll look over here. Yeah. Uh, look over here. I'm over here doing MMA and then raw. Yep. You know? Yeah, dude. Yep. Fucking the yep. whole place explodes. I could see it. I'm just saying, and I'm sure Hunter sees it too. He's not, I'm, we're not the only people that have brought it up. I'm sure if the money's right, they're going to do it, but <clears throat> who oh, knows? Absolutely. absolutely. Big money written all over it. But speaking of big money written all over it, I saw an angle last night on SmackDown. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it. Uh, Bray Wyatt interacting with LA Knight for the first time. And holy yeah. shit, dude, did you watch that clip? Yeah, he uh, gave me old head buttsky. <laughs> give him a little dome action. Dude, man, that, that whole headbutt spot is just like a like a, a millimeter away from being tragic. You know, just there's a lot of trust, you know, you know, throwing in that headbutt like that. So and he does it well. And then uh you know, Sarah Logan came back last night and yep. she did the whole pop up headbutt thing. It's like, man, that's a there's a good chance, you know, you, you know, from being really safe to et cetera, et cetera, Hendrick, uh, headache number nine. Yeah. Right. But if I can, uh, bust out some eighties, uh, references, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was good. It's like, I, I'm, I'm bummed. I, I, I watched the initial thing where, you know, uh, why it came back and I've kind of fallen off watching television. I wish there was like a, like a timeline things where somebody could just splice it all together for me so it could be caught up. But I love Bray. I, I'm glad he's back and, um, I need to get back and, and start watching some of these, these, uh, promos he's done stuff like that. You know, people are saying he's been doing promos and yeah, the stuff has been, know. the stuff's been great, man. And then uh, was it uncle howdy? Is, yeah. Uh, you know, the internet detectives have found out and realized it's, it's Bo. Because uh, they both wear the same earring and the same hair, the same <laughs> cross earring and the same, which I've been calling for for years. Bo Dallas being part of Wyatt's deal, yeah, you know, so, you know, uh, we'll see where it goes. I'm interested. I'm always interested in whatever Bray Wyatt does. You know, um, should be cool. So uh, yeah, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else from SmackDown. Um, they're doing the World Cup. It looks like they're setting up for War Games too, which I'm super fucking hyped about the fact that they're blending those worlds together survivor series with war games i uh i fucking love it man yeah because i mean survivor series is you know the elimination match they kind of did away with that for a while so to uh do a crossover between you know uh survivor series and war games makes all the sense of the world you know yeah, why not? I mean, have a have a theme match. Maybe and then again, that could be the reason why they might be doing away with Hell in a Cell as well. So yeah. you know, having two cage themed pay-per-views might be a little bit of overkill, but like I said last time, you know, Hell in a Cell needs to be saved for you know, a special feud. Yeah. You know. Not where you're just you have to make up a feud to to you know, to justify the match. You have a a match to justify the end of a feud. You know, so, you know, I love that they're incorporating, uh, war games 
into Survivor Series, especially when, you know, uh, there was always that thought that WWE would never do war games because it would eat into the seating and ticket sales and stuff like that. You know, that's mainly why, because I, I, those two rings take up a lot of space. And that's a lot of prime seating you'd be selling and chairs and all that stuff, you know. So the fact that they're actually going in the direction for, uh, you know, their, their premium live events. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome that they, you know, finally said, you know, fuck it. We're going to do it. You know, even if we lose a couple grand in, in ticket sales, you know. Yeah. I'm really into the idea of them bringing back a lot of those old, old school pay-per-views, you know, like they did, they do a lot of that on NXT, the in your house. And my favorite, I was going to say my favorite is consistently from the time I was a kid was Halloween Havoc. I never missed one. Um, And I just love that they're incorporating all that stuff now. Cause it, and even like they brought back Starcade for a while, which was not on the pay-per-view cycle, but I feel like it should be because it's got such a name um, yeah. I think you could really reboot that and do something fun with it. Um, Make it an NXT thing. Right, right. Put it in, but I would, I mean, honestly, I would love to see Halloween Havoc as a part of the main roster pay-per-views. I think that, yeah. that would be a super dope uh, setup. But, you know, who knows? There's, there's plenty of, of opportunity there. Uh, Lucha's in the chat here saying, have you guys seen that people are saying that Sarah Logan stole Maxi Impaler's look? And yeah, I, saw, I saw that, but... I'm actually pulling up. Oh. Whoa. Right. But um, somebody also said that her look and Max's look is a takeoff from a video game, which came out in 2017, which totally escaped my mind right now. Shout out to the guys at Post Wrestling, Wei Ting and John Pollock. I was just watching the video clip before I came up. It's on YouTube right now. It came up within the last couple of hours about the whole uh, Sarah Logan, Sarah Logan, Max, the Impaler look. So uh, go on YouTube, look that up. Uh, give them credit. I want to totally take credit because when I first saw the Sarah Logan thing, I went online and I saw the people talk about the Max Impaler, you know, the comparison between her and Max the Impaler. But then a third person said, well, actually, that's that looks from a video game that came out in 2017 and posted the photo. I was like, oh, okay. So, but, uh, I mean, I can understand where Max is coming from. She's been rocking that look for a couple of years uh, in, the biz- in the world of wrestling. So, uh, she, 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 should she be mad? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just like you know uh, during the Attitude Era when uh, you know we'd be you know us guys in ECW would be watching stuff that WWE you know watch WWE. Oh my God! First day with the new mouth. <laughs> you know, in ECW, we we'd be watching Raw, and you know on Monday Night Raw, WWE would do something ECW had just done. It's like, oh well, that's nice. Yeah. You know? And just, you know, you see somebody hit 3D out of nowhere as a, as a uh, transitional spot instead of a finish. You're like, oh, all right. So uh, just, uh, I get it. I understand the, uh, 
the anger, you know, or the, uh, the, uh, the frustration that yeah. Max must be feeling because she's been, you know, rocking this look, you know, day one. So, uh, but then again, you know, Sarah, you know, Sarah Logan is married to one of the Viking Raiders. And that look is traditional to Vikings. You know, look, I am no fucking Viking expert. All right. But, <laughs> you know, from uh, the peripheral in the world of Vikings, that, that paint job is, you know, synonymous with the whole Viking thing. And she, you know, if you're married to a guy who's doing a Viking gimmick, Viking ish gimmick, I don't know how accurate it is, but, uh, it only, and you're going to be a part of their deal. It wouldn't make sense for her to be anything else, but a Viking. So, right. Right. I, I see both sides of the argument, uh, but oh, man, that's, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I mean, if if anybody has a, a right to say anything, it's probably the people who uh, created the video game. So I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> I oh, man, it's so it's hard because it's just really fucking close, man. It's really, really close, and it's hard to ignore the similarities to it, and. Yeah. I'm trying to think of another wrestling angle that I can think of besides, you know, you mentioned the ECW and WWE stuff, but I'm trying to think of another well, demolition and the road uh, warrior. Right. Or uh, what's his name? Uh, the renegade and the ultimate warrior. That's another good one. I mean, yeah. demolition. That was a pretty, that was like not completely or, on the or, nose or me and Ralphus. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That's you, Let's talk about it, man. They did kind of take that gimmick a little bit with you and Ralphus. I could see that. A fat guy in a half shirt and Daisy Dukes. I mean, I mean, if that doesn't say the blue meanie, I don't know what does. The only thing he was missing was blue hair. Yeah, I mean, I'm not wrong. Does anybody else <laughs> feel like Ralphus was a was a dollar store wish dot com blue meanie? Oh, uh, I'm I'm looking back. Uh, the video game because I just went and looked at the uh, post wrestling feed yep. when the whole X thing. The game is called Hellblade. I'm going to hold it up for the folks at Patreon. Oh, shit. Yeah, if you go to so patreon.com slash mind of the meaning, you can see this. And man, that is all. I mean, they, they took it. You know, Maxine Paler definitely was inspired by that right there. Yeah, so that's that, that game came out in 2017. Seriously, go to post wrestling. It wow. just came out on uh, YouTube like an hour ago. Wow. I was watching before I came here, but so, yeah. Let's see if there's any other uh, close-ups here. I mean, that is undeniable, though. Yeah. But I think it's like with, with Max the Impaler using it first. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. I mean, I could get why she would be, or they would be upset. I'm sorry. I, I, I misgendered. See? Wow. Well, it's like the whole thing of uh, the great radio controversy. You know, who invented the radio first? Tesla? Nikola Tesla or Edison. Edison that stole everything? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> stole everything, not, man. Yeah, it's not the, the first nor the last. Right. I want to know what the fucking, because Nikola Tesla fucking was doing all this stuff, and when he died, they fucking destroyed all his shit. I wonder what what other stuff he could have done, you know, just to... uh or maybe they they kept 
you know, and we just don't know about it. Right. You know? Right. Perpetually that, curious, that, man. That, yeah. Yeah. What, you know, he was doing stuff with electricity and stuff like that. And holy shit. Speaking of holy shit and Tesla in the same sentence, brother, we got to break this one open here. Twitter is a fucking flame show. Getting ready to quit it. Uh, no. <laughs> Why are you quit it? I'm putting my sunglasses Ow. on, getting my popcorn, and just watching it, man. Just watching it. Dude, I am a chaos junkie. Uh-huh. Um, if two people are going to have a, a fist fight, I will get at a comfortable distance away from them. And uh, enough to where I can hear them and see everything, but not get any blood on me. I'm, so... I know that the we don't. Thing. I know that What's we don't that? talk. I was gonna say. I was just thinking about chaos here, and I know we don't talk politics. But watching like Trump and DeSantis go at each other, I was reading it the other day, and I'm just like, fight, 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 fight. <laughs> do it, do it, fight, fight. Just Jeez. fucking go after each other, man. Last yeah, man standing. Like, yeah, it's like the, you know, you don't have to do anything. You just got to just sit there, kick your feet up, and uh, have at it. Yep. You know, just uh, and then the the thing with Twitter, and you know. <laughs> Oh my God. You know, uh, for those who aren't tech savvy, um, you know, on Twitter, you can be verified. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, and it's like, no pun intended, it's like a badge of honor. You know, you get this little thing on there, you've been through the vetting process, and you are you. So, this quote unquote genius, uh, Elon Musk, which sounds like a, a cologne. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Elon Musk for men. Yes. Uh, yeah. I ain't going to Probably smells like dog food. No, thanks. But, but now that he's, 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 he's done everything to shun off advertisers, which makes the world go around advertising. Okay. You know, he, he, he shunned millions maybe hundreds of millions, who knows, of advertisers and advertising. And he, his, his plan to recoup that money was to charge people for Twitter Blue, which had kind of been around, but to, for people to buy verification marks. So that led to a whole bunch of brilliant minds, brilliant trolls who went out and bought verifications and just became you know whoever they were trying to be and um i think <laughs> i think i sent you the one the other day or yesterday dude i was in uh me and mrs me were were shopping down delaware and you know sometimes she'll leave me at the car she's like she'll park the car she goes here just stand here and she'll run around because she knows you know how i feel it's like rocky chasing the chicken yep so I pull out my phone and I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. There's a uh, real, a quote unquote, real Mr. Bean. <laughs> with a blue verified, blue check mark. It says, who would like to have Mr. Bean eat your pussy tonight? <laughs> and when I tell you I folded like an accordion in the Christmas tree shop in Delaware, and I'm laughing like a madman, and people are <laughs> staring at me. And Tracy and Mrs. Meany comes back, and I just show her the front. She's like, "Oh yeah, I saw that." I was like, "Oh, great!" 
you know, you know, things are bad when Mr. Bean is uh, saying stuff like that. So, so good, man. Oh, they're oh. so and good. There's other things I won't even, I probably shouldn't even said that one. I've tried, been trying to stay away from uh, stuff like that. You're saying stuff like that, but it just, the, the, the visual I put of Mr. Bean in my head doing <laughs> said act. Um, I lost my shit. And, so but good. you know, get back to the whole Twitter thing, <clears throat> you know, um, I'm, I'm hearing that people are fleeing Twitter for um, Mastodon. Mastodon, which is a horrible name for social media platform. So, I mean, um, so is Twitter, though. Yeah, but Mastodon, oh, that thing that caveman ate, uh, <laughs> the real slow. Logging into Mastodon. Yeah. Maybe it's a good band name. Yeah, like heavy, there's, a heavy, there's a heavy metal band called Mastodon. All right. Yeah. That sounds metal. Yep. But what the fuck is up, Denny's? It's Mastodon. Oh. Too many syllables. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Kind of pushing it. But it doesn't flow the way that, like, Mastodon doesn't flow the way that, like, Instagram does or Twitter. Yeah, yeah Mastodon. Like, I couldn't even, I almost forgot about it. I almost <laughs> called it something else. But yeah, just uh, and I tr- I went and looked at that, and that thing would seem fucking confusing. So yeah, apparently it's a lot like Twitter, but they've I, I looked it up the other day when we were talking, and it was uh, it's like um, they paused signups for new people on the site, and it's like a, it's not like Twitter where Twitter is this like one centralized brain. Mastodon is like a bunch of different websites that just connect together and operate almost like Twitter. <sighs> There's a seltzer kiss for you, friends. Um, but apparently, like, it looks pretty cool. I'm just not sure. Again, like, I know friend of the show, Paul Bromwell, jumped off of Twitter a couple months ago. Actually, it's probably been almost a year now at this point. And yeah. uh, I don't know, man. Like, I thought about it for a long time, uh, jumping off. And and I'll be honest, too. Like, I, I use Twitter Blue. I use Twitter Blue for longer video clips for Foundation Radio, which you can listen to right now at foundationradio.net. Um, but it because of the conversation style of the show, it was impossible for me to share like really good videos on Twitter. So when Twitter blue came up, I was like, Oh, this is great. Like I can use this and now I can share longer videos. I'll be honest with you. I don't give a shit about the check mark. But when I went in to check on the subscription, because there were people saying that Twitter blue was not available. It basically was like, Hey, you have to take, you have to take this seven ninety nine or $8 choice now because the other one's not available. So I can't even downgrade it because basically it's like one or the other. Now, like it's either $8 or you don't have it at all. And it sucks because I want to keep it, but you know, like it's this weird, like, I don't know. Cause it, that most of my views and, and listens come from Twitter. So, right. but I don't, I mean, I don't give, I, I, Josh and I were talking about it the other day. Like I would rather have earned this check Mark. Like I don't want to just have it, you know? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. The day I got the check Mark, I was like, it was like the coolest thing ever. I'm, and it's, it's like where I'm like kind of frustrated. I'm not verified on Instagram or Facebook, even though I've tried countless times. Have you, you've tried on Instagram too? And they don't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't verify you. They won't verify me. And then you have to wait another 30 days to try again. Oh, that sucks. I sent them all the things required to prove that I am who I am. So who knows? But yeah, Twitter, holy shit. Um, what a mess, man. What a yeah. mess, dude. Yeah. 
is, is why buy the thing if you're just going to burn it to the ground? Well, then again, there could be people who, you know, he could be the front for somebody who wanted to, who's been wanting to take Twitter down for a while. So couldn't think of anybody would want that done. I don't think that guy, uh, just for, uh, I've heard of I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, I've heard. Listen to foundation radio. If you want to go that rap, that rabbit hole with me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, the file, you, I'm going to buy something, then automatically file bankruptcy. It's well, then don't fucking buy the thing. Why do this? Like why take such I, a complex fucking system? And also too, like there's been real world consequences too. Like what was it? Ava Lilly is the company that produces insulin and somebody created a, again, but this is also like online literacy too. Like some of this, you have to be like, come on guys. Are you fucking kidding me? Like do a little bit of research before you start re, like retweeting this shit. Um, yeah. But they, they created an account, like, basically, it was like, oh, real Ava Lilly or whatever it's called. And they were like, oh, insulin's free now. Their fucking stock price tanked, man. They lost, like, $20 billion in, about, in a matter of minutes. Jesus. And same thing happened with Lockheed Martin. They said they were suspending sales to, I think it was the United States and a couple of other countries. So people were, like, flipping out about that. And it's like, again, this comes back to the fact that, like, you know, I think the whole pay for verification thing is fucking stupid. But also... And this is someone who pays for Twitter blue. I think it's fucking stupid. I don't want the check mark. But also, like, you should be able to look at this stuff, right? And click on it and say, oh, yeah, this is a this is a parody account or this isn't a real account. Just click on the thing and look at how many followers these people have. Thank you. You know, just, yeah, I do that all the time. You know, when somebody tweets at me, I'm like, is that really so-and-so? And I go, oh, no, it's not. Right. You know, and, they, you know, they do things to make things look like certain things and without giving it away. But, uh, yeah, it's crazy. And, uh, I'm here for it. Uh, <laughs> Twitter's like this necessary evil where I, I like it because it gets me in touch with fans and other people in the wrestling business. But then there's, you know, the people who you go to post the simplest thing and they, reply with something that has totally nothing to do with the thing you're just talking about. Or if you say, try to say something funny, they try to one up you with something they think is funny, but it's not even remotely funny. And yeah. uh, I'm almost done with like Facebook posts on Facebook too, because yeah. you know, you post a, you know, something and you try to say something funny just to make people laugh. It's not like I'm trying being literal or, you know, whatever. You know, those days of, you know, trying to be serious online. Forget it, dude. Forget, forget it. it. I see people try to, you know, think, I see people post the things as, as if they're changing the world and making the world better. And they're actually hurting their, their own brand and their own public appearance by saying things and doing things. And it's just like, you're, you're throw it, take all your money and flush it down the toilet because that's what you just did with your social media posts. You know, right. just not that, you know, I'm not being myself online, but you know, uh, you know, I got, you know, do what I got to do to work. Yeah. You know, you know, I, 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 I focus on the things we all get along with and I ignore the things we have. We don't have in common, you know, I can, you know, I have friends whose political views and all that stuff I don't agree with. 
but hey, we love wrestling and we could talk wrestling and we could talk music and this and that and the other thing. I don't need to post about it. I don't need to, you know, try to, you know, you know, think I'm changing the world and for something that gets maybe two likes. It's like, yeah, dude, I used to go on, online all the time and post a bunch of stuff and, you know, and argue and all that stuff. And I realized, shit, well, I just wasted eight hours. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, I could have, you know, gone, been going outside and touching grass. Yeah. Get some uh, vitamins from the sun, you know, just social media. It's just, it's weird, man. It's, you know, it's, it's like message boards on steroids, you know, it, it, I used to be like that a lot too. I was, uh, I was frequently posting and arguing with people on, on Facebook and, you know, it just, it's pointless, man. It's pointless because I'm not changing anybody's mind. They're not changing mine. And we're just fighting with each other again. Like some of those people, it's like, you know, the way they would come at me, it's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm glad I know you know, that you're like this. So I can like, see you later. But also too, it's like, it's not, it's not doing anything for me. Like a lot of these cats that are on right now and I'm, you know, it's probably really easy to see where I lean politically, but like a lot of these guys that are, a lot of these guys and gals that are on there and tweeting and, and, and saying things. And it's like, you're basically cannibalizing your own audience sometimes because, you know, not everybody who says things is, coming from a place of anger or coming from a place of, um, you know, uh, being an asshole. You know, they're not saying things like, you know, it just happened earlier with Maxie and Paler with something that I said. That's why I corrected myself. I misgendered them and I didn't mean to. It just happened. And, oh, I caught it. I corrected it. And now we're moving on. But I'm right. sure if someone's listening to the show, well, I can't believe Adam did that. Well, it wasn't on purpose. You know, look, man, like I'm a part of the LGBT community. Like I, I that's not. That's not something that I would do purposefully to somebody, especially to be yeah. a, a jerk. But I think too many people too many times say those things or, you know, like they, there's been it, like it's just there's no nuance. And I think that's really the 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 legacy of, of social media. It's eroded that ability to have meaningful conversation with people in a way that is not going to escalate that quickly. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, and then there's also this it's like. I could go out there and point out the the wrongs in the world, the wrongs in politics, wrongs of this, that, and the other thing. But if not, if I'm not actually doing things out in the community, if I'm just saying things on social media without actually putting actions behind the things I'm saying, then it's just all for show. Right. And performative. It, it's performance art. And, uh, and you're also, like you said, you're cannibalizing your own audi- audience because, you know, say you want people to come out to see you work. Now they might not want to come see you work. Right. And if you're not working, you're not making money. If you're not making money, you're not, you know, taking care of yourself or if you've got a family, you know, just it's, you got to be smart, you know, and I'm not saying compromise who you are. You can still do those things. You don't need, you don't need social media to be doing good in, in the world. You can post all day, but if you're not doing it in real life, it's just a show. Or how about all the things you talk about social media, do them in private. And then this, you know, do other things on online because just strictly doing them online isn't going to change the world you have to actually do things well right right there has to be action behind the statement 
And it's, it's yeah. again, as a reminder, friends, Twitter is not a real place. It is no. not a real place. It might seem like a real place, but or it's not. Media, social media in general. Yeah. You know. Some of these cats, too, they need, they need to learn some, like, media literacy as well. Like, the way that some of these, like... <laughs> You've seen it, and I'm not going to call anybody out specifically, but because it's a lot of people that do it. There's a lot of folks that like are in wrestling journalism, specifically wrestling media, that yeah. go so hard at people. And it's like you got to have a thick skin. you got to get a thicker skin if you're going to do this. Like you can't just say stuff yeah, and then act as if someone's not going to challenge you on something or they're not going to come back. Like that's what, this, that's what this is. You know what it was coming into it, and you don't have to go – zero to a hundred that fat like it's not the the, the yeah. responses don't the, the tweets some of these tweets don't facilitate that level of vitriol it just it seems like a lot all the time yeah, I've, I've 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 experienced that where i go to say something and somebody comes at me i'm like holy shit what did i what did i do to you right right it's like what do you like, the fuck is your problem yeah the uh <laughs> The measurement is like way off kilter here between what I said and how you reacted. So yeah, maybe uh, you should go seek counseling. Yeah, touch uh, touch grass, seek the immediate counsel of Christ, clap cheeks, do something instead of sitting here <laughs> fucking yelling at the blue meanie because he doesn't like the cheesesteak that you mentioned. Like fuck off, man. Yeah, Ooh. just just random things, man. Yeah. Social media. But yeah, I can't wait to be done with it, man. I might actually, I might jump ship from Facebook soon and go back to doing the, I was writing a blog for a while at the beginning of last year. I was off Facebook for like six months, man. It was beautiful for my fucking mental health. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, should have got back on there. But one thing we should get back on. Yes. Is a question for you, Mr. Blue Meanie. Uh, what's that? Are you ready to ask me? I would love to. Ask me something. Don't forget, tweet your questions at us at uh, Twitter for now at Mind of the Meanie using the hashtag AskMeanie, and you may hear them asked on the program. We got a couple of questions for us today. I'm going to find Mark and Dryden's question. Uh, Mark and Dryden wants to know. Also, shout out to Mark and Dryden. Thank you for always ask, uh, asking us questions for the show. We appreciate yes. it. Uh, what were any of your guys' favorite television shows growing up? Mine were Three's Companies, Cheers, and Night Court. Do you have one episode that you would watch again, again, again and again that it brings you back to good times as a kid, etc.? It's weird. Um, the things I really loved as a kid, I've gone back and tried to watch, and I go, like, uh, especially movies, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, there was this movie when I was a kid called Night Patrol that I loved. I thought it was the funniest fucking thing. And then recently, I I, oh, I found a VHS copy out in the woods. And uh, I went to watch it. And I'm like, watch it. I'm like, ooh, did I think this was funny? Yeah. And uh, I remember, like, bits and pieces that made me fucking laugh. But, like, for the majority of it, I'm like, ooh. I was a different person then. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I was a kid. There's shows I loved. And sometimes maybe the memories of the shows should be just left as memories. You know, like, uh, I, I guess maybe one of my favorite shows as a kid was Greatest American Hero mm. with uh, William Cat, Robert Culp, where the guy uh, is given a Superman suit 
from aliens by loses the instruction manual. <laughs> so he's trying to, you know, fly around and he, ha- he can't get the hang of it and all that stuff. But like, there's like episode, it's a classic show. You know, when it debuted when I was a kid, I was, I might've been in second grade. And then the next day, everybody, you go to school and everybody's pretending they're flying around like the greatest American hero. Like that was like the first time I like, I watched the show and realized the, you know, other people watch the same thing I did because the next day everybody had their jackets tied around their, you know, necks like they were capes and pretending they were flying around and stuff like that. I was like, oh, man, they all watched the same thing I did. And I loved the show you know, as a kid. But if I went back and watched it now, I'd be like, mm, I don't know if that, you know, maybe I'm spoiled by new technology too. You know, the way things look now, you go back and you watch things that are clearly obviously green screened and stuff like that. So it's like, mm. but, uh, you know, uh, it, you know, probably one of my favorite shows as a kid was greatest American hero because an A team, I was mm. a big A team too. Yeah. Uh, I've gone back and watched a couple episodes of that, but you know, especially, you know, since they had like wrestling, you know, it seemed like every show back in the day had a re- pro wrestling episode. Right. You know, they had, I think they had Hulk Hogan on a team, but I would imagine big, with Mr. T, I would, I would be surprised if they didn't. Yeah. There was Grace American hero, a team fall guy, uh, was pretty good. Uh, especially I love that truck that, uh, guy used to, used to be, uh, guy who was the million dollar man. He was uh, Steve, not the Steve Austin. He was right. the other Steve. I can't think of his name. He was married to, um, was it majors, right? Jim majors, Lee majors. Lee majors. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are very welcome, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Shows like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely that. And then, you know, I was, you know, watching other, you know, cartoons and shit as a kid, like, you know, the, uh, the Smurfs and shit like that. No, I didn't even want to say Smurfs because, you know, people call me a Smurf. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It's oh, like, what you know, a Smurf? <laughs> I'm gonna fucking kick your ass. That's what I'm gonna do. Uh, Smurfs had blue skin, not blue hair. That's right. I'm a Smurf. I'm a Smurf that fucked your mom. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Smurf that smurfed your mom. <laughs> Dude, that's the name of the episode. I smurfed your mom. I yeah. smurfed your mom. And it is so. So shall it be in scripture forever and ever until the end of time. Yes. Um, no, I mean my my favorite show from a kid was The Critic. It's week four. I've mentioned the critic now uh, on the roll. Uh, I'm going to just try to find a way to work it in every show, man. I'm doing it. Uh, no, but what, what, what was the character's name? Oh, God. Uh, just John Lovitz. Uh, fuck. What's the name of the character? Um, God damn it. I'm laughing. and I can't think of it. Hold on. Something dork or something. Beauty and King Dork. That's right. Yep. Jay Sherman is the name of the character, right? That's my wife and I. That's who we are. Beauty and King Dork. But yeah, um, that was my favorite show. And there's absolutely if you I went back and watched it recently again. And I said to Courtney, like, there is absolutely no reason I should have been watching this as a fucking, like, six, seven, eight-year-old. Like, absolutely no reason. Yeah. Um, that was probably my favorite show as a kid. But I really, honestly, I liked MASH a lot as a kid because they played in reruns uh, probably, like, the mid to early 90s. Yeah. Love that show. Still do to this day. Like, I just. In the 80s, too, they played the, the reruns. It seemed like it almost went right in the syndication couple years after it went off the air. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's one of the best shows that's ever been created. I mean, it was amazing. I, I remember as a kid, 
I'm old enough to remember the night of their uh, series finale. It was yeah. like the, one of the most watched things on television ever. It, I think it still is. If it's the, Could I think be. it's the most the most watched episodic television finale of all time. Yeah. Um, which I think uh, I th- I'm looking it up right now because it used to be the television. They, they put the Super Bowl on it, which is not the same thing, you know. Um, and there was something where they they revealed who shot Jr. on Dallas, right? That, that was a huge thing when I was a fucking kid. Yeah. So the Mash series TV or the Mash TV show finale got a 60.2 rating, which means 60.2 percent of every household but, but, in the country. But, but what was the demo? What was the demo? Oh, the 18 to 34-year-old demos were probably watching AEW Dynamite. Yeah. Shut up. No one cares about your stupid fucking demo. Uh, Dallas was actually number two all time. 53.3% of every household in the country watched that show. The MASH finale aired on February 28th, 1983. uh, And it was followed by number three is Roots Part 8. It was 51.1% percent crazy like imagine ever um, like like 75 percent or like almost like more than half of the country watched the episode it's crazy as a kid there's three networks yeah you know as far as watching i mean yeah there was you know some cable you know somebody was lucky enough to have hbo you know and that was it but you know um yeah there, there was three networks nbc cbs abc and a bunch of UHF channels, you know. So you, and if the president came on, your whole television night uh, was was fucked. shot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So president, was, whoever the president was, was on every fucking channel. But uh, and now you know, there's unlimited everything. But you know, I mean, could a show like that get like a a, a poll rating like that nowadays? Probably not. Doubtful, man. I highly but doubt still, it. But still, to you, you felt just by watching it, you felt you're a part of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was 10 years old, but still you felt, you know, I watched and my grandparents watched it. My mom watched it. We all sat around the TV. That's what I miss. Like you know, as a kid sitting around and watching shows together, you know, uh, you know, I'm still, I still you know, long for the days where we used to watch, you know, the Miss America pageant, you know? Yeah. Even though it was, I was a kid and didn't know better, but like, you know, living in Lanxy, they would have the Miss America pageant parade. And, you know, me and my grandparents would go up to the boardwalk and all the, they would have the contestants coming down and all the ladies would go, show us your shoes. And, you know, the, the contestants would, you know, lift up their legs, show their, what shoes they're wearing and the ladies go, ah. So, um, and, but then, you know, the next night you go and watch these same people on TV, you know, being Miss America. I miss Go sitting around the TV and watching like the Grammys or the Oscars or the AMAs, you know, just or the Jerry Lewis telethon. That was a big thing with my family that, that weekend we would watch it and sit there. It would be on the TV all day. Yeah. You know, and just cause they, you know, would have different superstars come on there or different people performing and you hear stories and stuff like that. And, I miss that thing about, I, I miss that part about my childhood where you just sit around with your family or get snacks and, and, and watch TV together. Yeah. It's like, a, it was a sense of bonding. I, think, I, don't think, I don't think exists anymore. I think the only thing I can compare it to recently was the finale of Breaking Bad on AMC. 
Because I yeah. remember even The Sopranos was like that. I mean, everybody I knew, yeah, another seltzer kiss. Everybody I knew watched The Sopranos finale, and uh, Breaking Bad was kind of the same way. Um, but I don't think, unless you have a truly like transcendent show like that, even those two couldn't even touch the way that you know Mash was. Uh, you know the, the way that 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 episode went. I'm gonna have to say Sopranos might have been the biggest recent one because uh-huh. it all revolves around that Journey song. I'm looking it, up anytime, anytime somebody hears "Don't Stop Believing," they think of the Sopranos. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's iconic, and the conspiracy theories around the ending because people thought their cable went out when they went cut the black. Yes, but the the cut the black was actually Tony getting whacked. It had to be. Had to be. Well, no, could, no. The, the the beauty of the Sopranos is you know there was like little telltale signs you know. You know, Tony sitting in a boat with somebody. They're like, "Yeah, I heard when you get whacked, you don't even see or hear anything. It just goes to black." Yep. You know, there's there's a lot of videos where a lot of people who pay more attention than I did break this down. And as far as I'm concerned, the guy in the only members only jacket who's sitting at the counter went to the bathroom came out and whacked Tony as he was looking up as his his daughter walking into the room. Yeah, for sure. That's the for me. It's like, and again, I think we've talked about this before, but like. He had 18 months, man. He had 18 months to come up with a fucking final part of the show. And imagine reading a book and then going to black. And you're like, what the fuck? I just invested all this time in this story. And you're, you know, you're letting me choose the ending. Like, no, I paid for this book because I want you to tell me the ending. It's your show. Yeah. You tell me the ending. But anyway, I digress. 11.9, then, uh, 11.9 million viewers watched the Sopranos ending. The finale. And, and uh, David Chase, the uh, creator of the Sopranos, had a, a little bit of a slip during an interview panel. And he, he referred to that as the death scene. The guy was like, you know, you just called it the death scene. And he just goes, fuck you. <laughs> hey yeah. man, listen, if you're going to create stuff, you know, you leave everybody hanging, man. You got to take I, the heat. I, I have no issue with it. You know, I, I, at the time I did at the time I did, but you go back and watch the show over and over and over again. You pick up on the little things that they they told you was going to happen, and when they when they happen, you know, so you know, you know, yeah. Well, I heard when you get whacked, you don't even see anything; it just goes to black. Yeah, there's no sound, no nothing. So, you know, his daughter, you know, they build the tension too of her trying to park. She can't park. She's reparking this, that, and the other thing. You're watching the guy walk to the bathroom. They're ordering onion rings. And, uh, you know, his daughter walk, finally walks through the door. He looks up, goes to black because he took one right behind the ear. Yep. Yeah. In front of his family. Imagine. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's a whole nother, you know, they show you the ending and that's a whole, they show you Tony getting whacked. That's a whole nother season because yeah. you got to go fall out of everything that happened, you know? I will. I was hoping. I was hoping it was the Russian from uh, the oh, Pine man. Iron Barons because they left that one hanging. Yep, his apartment looked like shit. You know that guy was an <laughs> an interior decorator, an interior designer. Really, his, his apartment looked like shit. shit. <laughs> I was eating. I was eating ketchup packets. Tone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Talk about uh, go to go back to the question. What what show have you watched over and over and over? Yeah, again? yeah. Is there any any episode? 
the Sopranos pie marins. That's the, the that's the best. That's yeah, dude. Sopranos episode: the two knuckleheads being stuck, you know, after a botched whack whacking of a, a Russian mob member, and they left that the, the guy that escaped, and they never addressed it. You know, Tony's like, "I'm walking into a buzzsaw." You know? <laughs> walking into a fucking buzzsaw. I, 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 I was going into that finale thinking that the Russian was going to come back and whack Tony, but. The one episode that I watch pretty frequently is called Ozymandias. Uh, it is the third to last episode uh, in the fifth season, last season of Breaking Bad. Talk okay. about probably one of the best, if not the best, at least in my take. Yeah. The, the, the most flawlessly executed piece of television I've ever watched. I mean, from beginning to end, that episode is fucking phenomenal like yeah. i and i keep going back to that it's just it's just you can't get any better than the way they set it up and it's just start to finish was incredible and it's uh it's probably to me too it's probably the best episode of the of the entire series uh next and, to the and, and the way i just finished better call saul i could probably go back and start watching breaking bad now because yeah. better call saul is the prequel and what an end to that show too what an end Fantastic. oh my god the whole that whole what did you well? Let me ask you this too, since we're talking about it. Uh, since uh, hey, hey, Mini, yeah, of course. What did you think of El Camino? El Camino was good, uh, and I'm glad I watched. I, I, it took me a while to watch El Camino, but um, I'm glad I did because they reference El Camino in Better Call Saul. Yeah, which if I hadn't watched El Camino, it just would have went over my head, but, uh, you know, there, there's, there's people out there who do these, uh, super edits, like fan edits of movies, this, and that, and everything. Somebody needs to do a chronological, like they did with the Godfather with better call Saul and breaking bad, because there's things in better call Saul that are pre baking breaking bad. And then the black and white scenes are post Breaking Bad. Yep. So, but and somebody could do that with that El Camino, Better Call Saul, all like they get somebody needs to do like a super edit and put them in chronological order, just like they did with The Godfather, and rearranging it and putting everything in in order. You know. Yeah, I um, I I can't wait to go back and watch Breaking Bad, but then like just to catch all of the little things that I missed. But then again, I love the fact that like. They tied up the Jimmy McGill, Saul Goodman story, and now have yeah. also closed the gap on Jesse Pinkman. I just like yeah. I'm sad. I mean, for me, someone who's been like truly invested in all of that for so long, like I'm sad that it's over, and I'm sad that there's not going to be any more stories from that world. But man, what a fucking what an incredible ride that whole thing is has been. I would I would personally would not. Not be upset if somebody took the time to tie all that together and just make it all make sense. But yeah, the last question that we have for today, as long as my computer works, <laughs> plump turkey juice, which is a great fucking handle. Um, what is your favorite <laughs> arena? What is your favorite arena that you've ever wrestled in? And what's your favorite venue in general that you've been at a concert at? Wow, that's a good question. 
I mean, I wish I could have worked the spectrum. I never did, but uh, favorite place to wrestle. Yeah, obviously, you know, you would think DCW Arena because, A, I debuted there and so many historic things happened there. You know, I loved wrestling, wrestling the ECW Arena. I love wrestling the Burt Flickinger Center in, in Buffalo. Um, Just, you know, it all depends on the mood. If you, you know, the, it, the fans are, you know, that Buffalo crowd was amazing. You know, I always say the ECW Arena crowd was awesome because they were the same people who were going to the sporting events that the nation mocked, you know, same people who, uh, you know, were, you know, cheering on the broad street bullies or the same ones who were chanting you fucked up in ECW kind of thing. Same thing with, you know, you look at the, uh, the Buffalo bills fans. Those are the same guys who came out in the night, you know, they're, they're same folks who came out in the nineties for ECW. Yeah. You know, that, that realityness. Uh, some favorite, you know, places to wrestle. I, it's impossible to name one. It sounds like a cop out because certain cities bring back certain memories and certain, you know, when you're traveling, you have certain uh, traditions and stuff like that. I loved wrestling in Philly. I, I still do love wrestling in Philly. I love wrestling in Buffalo, Pittsburgh. You know, at the 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 Monaco Golden Dome. I got to wrestle MSG was awesome, but it was so quick and I only did it once. I, I worked there twice, but I worked, wrestled there once. So, I mean, that it was a buckleless moment, but like if I had worked MSG more often, you know, I probably have even more memories. But uh, as far as like consistently of going to a place more than once, it would have to come down to like a final ECW arena. Uh, Queens Elks Lodge, Burt Flickinger in, in Buffalo, and uh, the Monaco Golden Dome in, in Pittsburgh are some of the buildings that were like the most lively. Lively is the good word. They were very lively. The fans were always in on the show, and the fans give you, you know, give you the energy. There's some things you like. You, you know, you could be tired from traveling, but stuff, something like that. But you get out in front of that crowd and they just, the crowd turned you on to the fact that you get a little bit extra juice going. And, you know, every ache and, every ache and pain goes away <laughs> because they, the crowd gets you into it. Uh, favorite place to see a concert? Um, man, um, I would have to say the Electric Factory. Yeah. In Philly, which is now the the Franklin Music Hall, because uh, the Electric Factory was owned by Electric Factory Concerts, and they sold the venue to somebody else, but kept the naming rights. Mm-hmm. So the new owners weren't allowed to call it Electric Factory anymore. So to go with the whole electricity, it's the Franklin Music Hall. You know, after Ben Franklin, right? So, um, yeah, that's just a really good place to see a show. Cause it's streamlined. It's just like just one, you know, there's maybe a, there's a balcony on, like if you're facing the stage, there's a balcony on the right, there's a balcony behind you, but everybody's facing the same direction. Yep. The thing. And, uh, it's really into, I saw a lot of good shows there. I saw Marilyn Manson there. 
Uh, I saw Black Label there. I wish I saw the Foo Fighters there. Foo Fighters did the uh, infamous $2 show where all the tickets were 2 bucks, And uh, they aired it on MTV. But, uh, yeah, so many good concerts came out of Electric Factory. So I'd have to say the Electric Factory is, a.k.a. Franklin Music Hall, is my yeah. favorite place to see a concert. I think I've seen more concerts in my life at the Electric Factory uh, than I've seen anywhere else. So I'm going to go with that as too, as well. Yeah, uh, Franklin shout Music out, Hall is the best. Shout out to TLA as well on South Street. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the TLAs where uh, Dice did all his HBO specials. And... Uh, they filmed a, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people filmed at the TLA undertaker just did his one man show there. Uh, but yeah, TLA, but you know, as it comes in second, but definitely electric factory. Yeah, for sure. Uh, meaning I want to say thank you for, uh, answering these wonderful fan questions. Again, ask me, use the hashtag, ask me, tweet us at mind of the meaning, but meaning more importantly, where can people find you on your social media? If it still if it still exists, <laughs> um, if you would like to follow the Blue Meanie on all forms of social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and if Twitter still exists, at Blue Meanie BWO on all forms of social media. I try, like I said, I try to be interactive. Uh, please don't be say anything goofy. Um, if you would like to support the Blue Meanie. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. If you would like to support Mind of the Meanie, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Go to CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Uh, if you want to support the Blue Meanie, use coupon code Meanie. Save 10%. But also now, thanks to the fine folks at Collar and Elbow, you can support Mind of the Meanie. At collarandelbowbrand.com. Use co- coupon code MIND and get 10% off all your purchases there over there at collarandelbowbrand.com. Now that you have these wonderful looking shirts, and if you're a bearded fellow like my bearded fellow like myself, go to madcatbeercare.com. Get the blue spruce from my boy Josh Thornton, who's doing amazing work over there at madcatbeercare.com. Uh, all the money. That is made there at all the proceeds, I should say, over there at madcatbeercare.com goes to take care of feral cats out in the wild. He he rounds them up. He takes them to the vet. He gets them looked at, taken care of. And, uh, you know, I'm a cat person. So definitely a worthwhile cause. Go to madcatbeardcare.com. Get yourself some blue spruce beard oil and balm. Shout out to my boy, Jim Nelson <clears throat> over there. Uh, at glaciersofice.com. Jim Nelson at glaciersofice.com. He made a three of three only custom BWO Air Jordan 1 sneakers for Stevie, Nova, and myself. Each pair took Jim about 50 hours per pair to make, which is astounding. I can only imagine, you know, how, how cramped up his hands get, or, you know, yeah, just, right? but if you, if you want to see what he does, uh, he does a lot of good stuff, man. Go do GOI kicks on all forms of social media. He posts video and photos of uh, progress, you know, photos. So shout out to Jim over there at glaciersofvice.com. Now, uh, another thing, hopefully that, you know, 
probably be around longer than Twitter. Cameo.com slash Blue Meanie BWO uh, for birthdays, holidays, and well wishes. Uh, you know, I, I just did a few uh, recently, and uh, they're always fun to do, especially if somebody has a you know something good going on and you want to show some love to somebody and you know give you know give them their flowers, you know, give them some kind words. Go to Cameo.com slash Blue Meanie BWO for all your video well-wishing needs. But most importantly, Mr. Bernard, where can we find you? Well, thank you very much, good sir. I appreciate that. You can find me on social media, at least for now, at Twitter and on Instagram at this is Goober. Yes, it's my handle. No, I'm not changing it. It's a brand, pal. Uh, so go check me out there. You can also listen to uh, my other show, Foundation Radio, by going to foundationradio.net and checking out all of my episodes there. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash foundationradio. Pick up a shirt. Help support the show. I mentioned it at the top of the program, uh, but my trainer is also accepting clients. His name is Brad Feinberg, and you can go to the FeinbergMethod.com. Sign up today and tell him that Goober sent you. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Pick up a shirt and support the program. Keep the lights on at Casa de Meanie and also at the Barnard Home for Wayward and Troubled Youth. Patreon.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Help support the show here in Meanie. Thank you, as always for being a part of this wonderful program, and we thank the Pod Squad for joining us every week as we record this early and ad-free at patreon.com slash Meanie For the Blue Meanie, I'm Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip to the mind of the Meanie. Peace. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Meanie's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops. 